This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. Hello, and welcome to Tuesday's episode. You are in for a treat because I just had a very honest and candid and hilarious mom chat with two ladies. I sat down with Ashley and Carrie. They are the co-hosts of the Momtourage podcast. They describe themselves as relatable mom group rejects, and I love that. They also describe themselves as accidental best friends. And it's funny because I randomly asked them how they met and I was not expecting their answer at all. This conversation kind of goes all over the place because they have such interesting backgrounds when it comes to their careers and how they came to be the co-hosts of the Momtourage podcast. So I was asking them just random questions because I was so curious. Ashley is a New York-based host, producer, actor, and talent booker. She was recently the celebrity interviewer and booker for Scary Mommy. I also learned in this episode that she has an Emmy. I don't know that I've ever spoken to someone before that has an Emmy. She is also into reality TV, just like me, so we had that in common. And she lives with her husband, her dog, and her lunatic toddler in New Jersey. Carrie is a New York-based actress, voiceover artist, yoga, and meditation teacher. She has performed in many productions, including All My Children, Law and Order, Orange is the New Black, Nurse Jackie, The Sopranos, Nip and Tuck, like wow. She was also a celebrity nanny. Such interesting lives compared to me who was just in school for like my whole life. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it with Carrie and Ashley. So without further ado, please welcome Carrie and Ashley, hosts of the Momtourage podcast, to the Mom Room podcast. Hello, everybody. Today, I am talking with the hosts of Momtourage, Ashley and Carrie. I was looking on your website and it said relatable mom group rejects. And I was like, oh, that's funny. And I was like, I wonder if they've actually ever been rejected from a mom group. So have you? No, but I don't tend to join things I have a feeling I'm going to get rejected from. Like, I don't do things I'm bad at. Although I guess parenting is one of those things. (laughs) My longtime therapist and I have discussed how I often would not want to be a part of any group that I was a part of. So I exit myself out of groups before they even enter me in. So that's pretty much, I don't really want to join any mom groups. So I know we're not supposed to reference Woody Allen and I get that. Oh, problematic, but, Ashley, but, problematic. But that's his quote. Yeah. That's his quote. Yeah. What's his quote? I don't want to be a part of any group that'll have me. Something, you know, oh. not verbatim, but essentially right. that. Got it. So if, like, let's just pretend that there was a mom group and you guys went one afternoon, what might be a reason that they kind of, like, rejected you or if you felt rejected? My dirty sailor mouth. Yeah. (laughs) My son has a a friend in school, a little girl who's a friend in school, and one day— because they're so tight, we were trying to kind of, you know, embrace this friendship of theirs. And one day we were trying to make plans to go to the park. And she was like, oh, you want to go to the park in the morning? I was like, yeah. And I said, should I bring wine in a cup or no? And she was like, like, uh, clearly she did not Firstly, didn't take it as a joke, yeah. which it wasn't fully, but it is supposed to be funny. <laughs> it could have, it could have been. It's, right, it could have been. It's a joke it, unless they say yes, and you're like, right, oh, okay, right. right. Then, then it's game. Then we're yeah. like, then we're on. But her response, I was like, ooh, okay, we are not, we are not in the same kind of momming, which is okay. Yeah. You know, it's just like everything else in life. We don't all have to get along, or we don't all have to be best friends. If we can just be cordial and pleasant, that's fine. And my daughter goes to a Montessori school, and the the like head lady at the Montessori school the other day was wearing like over the knee boots, which I was like, get is it, it Gigi. Aren't they nuns? They're very no, they're just old. Oh. They're just old. They're not nuns. Gigi, I was like, I was like, ooh, Gigi turned that fit out with those hot and Luna and my daughter. Who's three goes? You look good, bitch. To her, oh to her teacher. Oh my god! 
I was like, you do, but I probably, I'm not going to get in trouble for that, aren't I? (laughs) I love that. So you have a sailor mouth and I'm assuming that you curse in front of your daughter? Yes. Yes. And Ashley does as well. Yes, it's it's probably the biggest uh, disagreement between my husband and I in the way we raise our son. How old is yours, Ashley? Four. Four. Four okay, and a so half, four and yeah. three. So Milo's like three and a half, so same. And I noticed, like we were just talking how we would normally talk, but now he's really, he's like a parrot. Like he will pick up on it. And the thing is, he'll hear us say something and like two weeks later, all of a sudden he pulls that out and uses it in the proper context. My son the other day, I like came downstairs and him and my husband were dancing and they were doing this move where they were like pushing their face. It was, like very, ja- started it was it. very Janet Jackson very, control. Very mm-hmm. Janet Jackson. And my husband goes, Sebastian, tell mommy what this dance is called. And he goes, it's the hot bitch. Oh, and, my God. And I st- start just laughing hysterically. I'm like, where did you learn that? He goes, you, mama. And I was like, I do I do that? I'm not even <laughs> aware of this. That is so funny. My son, I find if we, we just listen to our regular music in the car, and he will pick up the lyrics, but only the part of the song that has the swear. And I think it's because like they emphasize it in songs. He'll just mumble the lyric da, 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 that that bitch da, 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 that that bitch, and I'm like, oh my god! I mean, honestly, same. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so funny. So you have three year old, a four year old. What were your transitions into motherhood like? Was it what you expected it was going to be, or was it the total opposite? The things that I thought were going to be hard were not hard. And then the things I thought were going to be easy were actually harder. I'm 43, going to be 44, and I had my daughter at 40. So I thought trying to get pregnant would be hard, and it wasn't. I thought that that everything after the labor would be hard. And turns out, I like being a mom, having a baby outside of my body. I really disliked being pregnant and having to actually get that baby out of my body was not a great situation. And I think that I didn't realize that postpartum and like feelings of identity crisis would come later. I thought they would happen like right away. The postpartum, some of that stuff happened right away, but some of the identity stuff is like still happening. It's still happening. And it's, I thought that like by the time your kid was three, you were kind of like in a groove of being a mom. So yeah, and I I don't know. I just, some of the stuff I just thought was going to be hard was easy and stuff that, I mean, nothing's easy. Let's just be real, but (laughs) easier. Yeah, It just was a different, and I lost some friends along the way that I really thought were not going to be the ones that I was going to lose. And some of the friends that I thought were going to be like, not interested in me after I had kids have are sticking around. So again, it's just been, it's been a whole, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's been a whole study in not anticipating anything because it'll turn out completely a different way. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Look, it's definitely not been easy by any means, but for the most part, I feel like Sebastian is a really good boy and really has been pretty easy. I came to motherhood reluctantly. It wasn't something we were, my husband and I were planning on doing. Obviously, we didn't take the proper steps to not do it, but here, you know, we're here and I'm glad we're here. But I really think it's all been clouded by COVID. I mean, not to really go into all of that, but I think that's really been the biggest challenge for me as a mother is, aside from like breaking family cycles that we all have and trying to move past that, it's a whole other thing when like, you know, your kid is home with you all the time. We're facing things our parents never had to face. And that's been a challenge because really like, you know, We don't all want to listen to our moms and do what they tell us to do. And I think for the most part, most of us, the advice our families or our elders give us, and I don't, and by elders, I don't necessarily mean my mom. I just mean other people who have been through it in the world, but literally there's no one we could turn to for any of it that had any experience. So I think that's really been the biggest challenge for me more than anything. Are either of your kids in childcare, like daycare or? Both of our kids, my son, 
I have kept my son out of school because of the surge, but he's going back tomorrow. So praise the Lord. Uh, (laughs) Same. I had, well, I was very reluctant to put her in school and then I did and I kept her out for almost a month when the surge was high here. And now she's back. This, This week is her first full week back at school. Because you guys are in New York, right? Yeah, right Uh, right outside outside. of Manhattan in New Jersey. Okay. Were you guys working outside of the home pre-pandemic? Like, how did the pandemic... Because I know for me it was like a complete pivot of what our life or what my life was, I should say. So where were you guys before March 2020? And how did that change, like, your life? Yeah, we were both freelance. We've both been actors. I've worked in production. So that freelance life is kind of like there were times, you know, certainly before all of this, we were in the city all the time, you know, going to auditions, going to jobs, doing stuff like that, working in an office here or there. So it was somewhat of a change. I mean, my husband was at a job every single day. So that was a change for him. But it wasn't the biggest change in the world. The biggest change was having my having to juggle it all with my kid. And my my biggest thing was aside from all those other jobs that Ashley mentioned, I'm also a yoga teacher and meditation teacher. Sorry, Kara. It's okay. And I was teaching in person, but weirdly, we were planning on moving anyway, and we had a crazy housing thing where they were selling our building and we needed to get out, and so we decided, we were living in the city in Brooklyn, and we decided to buy a house in the suburbs, so I was going to have to not teach in person in New York anyway because I was moving, so it kind of all at a perfect storm happened where there was no in-person teaching anyway. I moved. I could still keep my classes and do them virtually with them, them not even knowing I had moved to the suburbs. I mean, now obviously it jigs up like I'm in the <laughs> suburbs. But so I kind of had, it almost felt like an extended maternity leave because I had only, I mean, my daughter, I mean, really, I had almost just finished maternity leave. And then like a few months later, like half a year later, I guess, COVID happened. So it was just felt like it was continuing on. Like I had never really gotten back to my regular schedule of things. And so you guys co-host Momtourage. I'm curious, how did you guys first meet? And when did you decide to start the podcast? Like how did that become a thing? So Ashley and I were cast to do another podcast. They wanted real life best friends. Spoiler alert, we did not know each other. So that's Hollywood for you. Oh my God. Um, They had already kind of been looking at Ashley for a while, but they didn't like any of the friends that she had brought in that were people that she knew. And I had seen, a friend had sent me the casting and me and my actual best friend, Valerie. Now Ashley and I are actual best friends, but at the time we auditioned, they called us in and then they kept swapping us out with Ashley. And and my friend and I were like, oh, they want Ashley. So who where was I going to be picked? So then I got picked. This was right after I had my baby. It was like four months. Luna was like four months old when, when I booked the job pre-COVID times. And we did that show for almost a year. It was wildly successful. It was very successful. Very and it was successful. great because we were talent. All we, we had just, to do we was to show do anything, up and talk. Just show up and talk. Yeah. Um, and we got to do all celebrity interviews and walk the red carpet. It was super, super fun. And we became basically at the photo shoot pre-launch of this podcast, I was like, yo, we better be friends or else people are going to be able to tell that we're not friends. And I just did what I normally do, which is just bullied her into loving me, which is how I do with everybody. (laughs) That is accurate. I just bullied her into loving me, just nonstop memes and vagina talk. And that's all it takes really. Yeah. And then, then the company that we were working for became a different kind of company and they got rid of the podcast here altogether, which was shocking to us because it was like, the most wildly successful show mm-hmm. on podcast. Like like in the podcast world, you'd be like, whoa, that's Can doing Can you say really good. what it was? Scary Mommy Speaks. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So we were like top on the charts. It was crazy. When that ended, we were surprised because what it's, show see, It ends, came out of nowhere because- We literally what, right. had We literally had interviewed- Huge celebrities the night before, and we're like, "What? We had we had the best week. 
of, of, of my career. professional career. We had had the best. It was like, I, I think we did the Mr. Rogers. We covered the Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks. We did an interview with Matthew Reese. I was covering BravoCon for like two days, which is Ooh. literally like my mecca. Um, we had walked the red carpet for Downton Abbey. Yeah, it was like the craziest, most incredible week. And then... We were like riding this high and it just came all crashing down. It was so sad. <laughs> because they got rid of the podcast here, it's not like you could continue on with the podcast because you don't own it. Right. We tried. We tried, we tried to buy, to buy the RSS feed. We tried to profit share. We tried to do all kinds of different things to keep it going. And eventually they were just like, they, you know, they, they weren't up for what we wanted to do with it. They wanted to keep control, which makes sense. That was their name and their IP and all of that. And Carrie and I basically took like a day or two of crying and being really depressed. My grandmother texting. had died also. Oh, basically. right. The day, oh, the, day that, the day they fired me, my we didn't really get fired, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. more fun if you say fired. It was a very nice, <laughs> it was a very nice ending. The day was also the day that my grandmother who raised me died. Hmm. It was like, and they knew it. It was like the worst timing ever. It was really bad. But it, it was, was also great because nothing says, I don't care that you got rid of my job like my grandmother died. Right. I was, everyone was like, Why aren't you crying, Carrie? I'm like, no well, we don't. did cry. We went to Outback. Outback Steakhouse. There was, a, there was an Outback in the city right by the offices. We were like, well, nothing screams depression like a corporate restaurant in the middle of Manhattan when there's a zillion other restaurants. At, at like noon. At like at noon. noon. Did you Drink get a blooming onion? Uh, we got steaks <laughs> and steaks. mashed potatoes and wine. White wine. We were crying at the bar. It was like so pitiful. And after about two days, we were like, screw this. Like we are, yeah, we're, we're going to put on, on our, our big girl panties and we're doing this shit on our own. And we had to start from scratch. And we've been at this for two years with Momtourage now. And last, this past summer, we became in partnership with Cafe Mom, which is another big mom media brand. It's really, it's been great. It's, we're still, we're getting great guests again, which is all us. I mean, that's the thing. We own it. We, it's still all of it's our a, work. It's a two-lady operation up in here. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's really a lot of work uh, along with know. having your kids home. Yep. You know this better than anybody, but it's been a labor of love and we are our own bosses and get to you know, and thank build God, this little company. Thank God we had this during COVID because I just Truly. know that if I didn't have something that I had to do and wake up to, oh. I, I mean, it's already, we've, Ashley and I have gone to some dark places during this time. We were really open about all that stuff on our show and just the, all the stuff and how hard it's been. But if we didn't have the show, oh, I don't even want to imagine what that would even look like, honestly. And to answer your question, basically we decided to, we got, let go of November, December 2019. We started, we decided we were going to do our own thing that same time. And I think we did our first recording end of December 2019, January 2020. And just as we rolled out in February was when talks started to happen. And then by the time March came, I think we rolled out the end of February 2020. And then, then like two weeks later, we were like, all right, well, <laughs> we could keep doing this from home. Exactly. That's the beauty of it, right? Yeah. You can just do it. Same with like the social media stuff that I do. It's so nice to know that it's so flexible and I can do it from anywhere. With it's, a kid. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the most beautiful thing about being in the mom space professionally, because I wouldn't have chosen this, and that's the truth, had I not kind of fallen into we, this. We and were I, thrown into this sort of, and right. now, we're, now we embrace it. And we, we are so grateful because we can record a pod. I was listening to the episode you did where you were talking about Meghan Markle and the quote about one kid versus two kids and how you kept having to stop the episode because your kid was talking. And I was like, this is the most ra <laughs> relatable shit on yeah. In podcasting, like, I get this, and it happens to us. You, there's so many episodes you can listen to where you hear Luna in the background, or you, which is Carrie's daughter, or my son in the background, so. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. 
And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like pot stickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. We've even had interviews where it was like a plus to have our kids. Where Ash, Ashley, inter, Ashley's kid interviewed Blippy, which like oh is my his God, guy. I saw that you had Blippy. That's like my dream. I yes. want Blippy on the podcast. It's it very strange. It's a very yeah. strange. It was strange. But he wasn't was Blippy himself. Or what, like, he, no, was he was Blippy. Blippy. He would only, He's they not. only were doing it in character. And it was, I cried, which is the most embarrassing weird. part okay, of all of this. Why did you cry? Because I just, my son was there and, you know, I, he really started to love Blippi during the pandemic and I couldn't understand it. I, I was like, God, why does he like this like weird guy who just giggles like a child? Like, it's so strange. And then I finally realized it's because he doesn't get any of these childhood experiences we all had. He doesn't get to go to an indoor play place. He doesn't get all of these things because of COVID. So he's he's exploring the world through this guy who's obnoxious as all hell to me. So when we went in the interview, I said, hey, I just want to thank you for everything that you did for my son during COVID. And I got so emotional. I started crying. And then I was like, holy shit. I just cried <laughs> like I'm talking to, like, in sync back in the day. It's yeah. so sad. <laughs> and, you know, what's fascinating, I mean, obviously we couldn't ask him most of the questions that we really wanted to ask right. him. Like, how could you poop on your friend? Like, how <laughs> How did that, like, let's physically talk about how you could pull or that like, trigger. Or, like, why is there a new blippy? Like, what? what's up with the new blippy? You yeah. know, or any like, of those or like, things. Or, like, I don't know what you, I don't, can I curse yeah. on your show? 
are you fucking all those random girls that you like that that you Didi. like? Didi. It's just are you Didi. fucking Didi or the Juice Girl place either? Right, oh. right. Did you and the Smoothie Ice Pop Girl hook up? Uh, like- after, yeah. Like we want to ask all these really specific <laughs> questions, but we couldn't. And ironically, one of our early episodes was a What's the Deal? We do this segment called What's the Deal, where we like talk about like why is this kid thing so weird, you know? And we we just tore blippy. Oh no! Ah, and then we got to do. The shop, like, well, obviously, they haven't listened to the earlier recordings. Yeah. I mean, Blippi has to know how parents feel about it, right? Oh, like, totally. Blippi can't He's sit laughing. there and be like, par- yeah, his way to the bank. Oh, a thousand percent. Like, I have made TikToks that have gone viral that like allude to Blippi's past and stuff. And it's basically like, the point is, like, parents don't give a shit. Like, if their kids are entertained and it's educational and it's a great show. I don't care what he did before, but like, there's no way he hasn't come across these TikToks. So, like, he knows, and like, the comments are to. just, yeah, the comments. Also, also, we need you to teach us how to make something go viral because we don't know how to do yeah, it. Yeah, can you help us go viral? <laughs> Honestly, the only way I know how to go viral is if I lick someone with COVID. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> if you if you don't give a shit, like I will just quickly make something in the moment and be like, oh, it's fucking stupid. And then it's like, oh, two weeks later, it's got a million views. That's, but what, then- Kels- that's what Kelsey said that we interviewed. Who's that TikTok famous check? Remember? Kelsey, oh, what yeah, else? Yeah, 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 yeah. With her, the reincarnated yeah. kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you really, you're like, oh, this is a great idea. I am going to spend some time. Like, this is going to be quality content. It's like, like, nobody cares. I don't know what it is. It's, I don't know. I I wish I did. We should just create all of our content while we're on weed gummies. And then I think it'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Then you don't put as much thought into it. Right. They're just like, this looks great. (laughs) I wanted to ask you guys, okay, you... It's such funny timing because I was looking at your Instagram account and I was like, holy shit, they interviewed Kristen Bell. Because the other night, well, first of all, I need to have Kristen Bell on my podcast. And <laughs> the other night, my husband and I finished watching her new show on Netflix. The girl in the room with the, on the end of the street with the whatever. Yes. The bottle of wine and all the pills. Yeah. Yeah. So my husband and I watched that entire season. We watched it really quickly, but we thought it was a legit, like real psychological thriller. And every single episode, I was like, I would look at my husband and be like, this is the worst show I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I said that too. This is it fucking was so weird. brutal. And I was concerned for Kristen Bell. I was concerned about the people at Netflix who read the script and they were like, yep, let's give it a go. This is good. And then I heard her on Armchair Expert the other day explain what the show is. And I felt like such a tool bag. I was like, how did I not know? It's so obvious that it's a satire. Yeah. I also think I'm pretty sure it's produced by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, who also do Succession. So they do, like, you know, legit shit. Yeah. But I definitely, like, I went into it knowing that. And once I I started to see weird things going on, I was like, this is strange. I was like, I was like, what? I I had a whole conversation with my uh, You asked me, you texted me, you were like, what's up with the show? And I I was like, what woman allows her FBI husband to take a (laughs) six-year-old into work with a serial killer? I know. Ben (laughs) Pater. Yeah, every episode, I look at my husband, I'm like, I can't. And she's like, afraid of rain? I'm like, oh, God. We should have said spoiler alert, I I think, before what is this. I can't stand the rain. Honestly, (laughs) I've been talking about it all week uh, because I, in my Instagram stories, I was like, guys, I'm giving a review of this show in the next like solo podcast episode, thinking that I was just going to like talk shit about this show because it was so bad. And then my friend's like, you know, it's a satire, right? And I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It it really is. It's a strange, I mean, but even the marketing that they did for that show, like, it was not, it's not like they were like forthcoming with the fact that it was a satire. You know, no. it was kind I mean, of I like. I guess we should have guessed with that freaking terrible title. Yeah, I know. And that's the what woman she said. In the I window was like, across the street from the girl in the room or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So, what was it like interviewing Kristen Bell? Do you guys have a connection to her? 
So my background is in television production, and I started in daytime TV and was a talent booker. She has an Emmy Award. I do. A daytime Emmy Award. A daytime Emmy Award. There is a difference. One (laughs) is more prestigious than the other, and that is not the one I have. Um, So I've kind of been able to bring that into this and with bookings and all of that, and that's one of my fun million freelance jobs. So it wasn't necessarily we had a connection with her, but it was a connection with oh, okay. the publicist who was working on um, Do Re Mi. Do Re Mi, that Amazon Ooh, nice, show. Nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we have to say, like, I'm, I was, I've never been like a huge Kristen Bell fan. Like, I, I've always thought she was talented, but I, I was never just like, oh my God, Kristen Bell. I actually knew her a little bit in, cause she was a New York actor when I was a New York actor and we auditioned for a lot of the same things and had a lot of the same friends. So I, she was always very talented. She always booked the jobs instead of me. So I knew she was talented, but at the interview, I sort of was just like, I don't totally get why the huge hype, right? And then when we in- interviewed her, I was like, oh, I get it. She was so personable. She was so lovely. She She had such an interesting perspective on things. She danced around subjects she didn't want to talk about with such grace and amazingness. She's a pro. pro. And then we found out she was an opera singer, which I didn't know. And now my kid's obsessed with Frozen. And I actually like her voice better than Adina Menzel's. And I'm like, I'm just like, so interviewing her actually made me understand the hype. I was like, I get it. Because I had I had watched The Happy Place or whatever it is. I didn't, or The Good Place. I didn't love it. You know, I I liked her in like the Sarah Marshall movies or whatever, but I just didn't get it. And then we interviewed her and I was like, I get it. She deserves every bit that she has. She, I get it. Yeah. And also like, I feel like we, in our like mom culture, you know, this day and age have certain, like, A-list mom figures, you know. Used to be Chrissy Chrissy Teigen. Teigen Used to be that person. Kristen Bell has always been one of those people. You know, a busy Phillips, she's one of those people. So to get to talk to her on our mom podcast was just kind of like, okay, we're, okay, this is good. This is a good step We're peaking, we're peaking. (laughs) Hopefully not. That's, That's what you hope for, right? When you meet people, even if it's virtually and you have a conversation with them, when it's people that are like public figures and then you get to just sit down and talk to them, it's nice when you're like, you leave the conversation being like, yeah, they're fucking awesome. They actually a lot of, are a lot of times awesome. you don't, a lot yeah. of times you don't. And you're like, I'm not really sure how that person ever got their career. When I was, uh, you know, working in daytime television, part of my job was I would tend to the guests that would come on. So it was like, basically like I was, I would greet them. I would deal with them. I would take them where they needed to go. And it was when I first started my first year on that job, I just remember like going into things and being like, oh, I'm meeting this person today and being so excited. And almost always the person I was excited about was a dick. And the people that I was like, ah, whatever, ended up being awesome. It was the weirdest thing. And then it kind of just threw all of my expectations just went upside down. So now I don't even know what to expect from anyone (laughs) at this point. If you think about the people that you've met, who would you be like, wow, they're awesome? On Momtrage specifically or in general? Just in general. All the late, I mean, mind you, I started when I was 20 years old working in in television, in daytime TV. So all the late night guys were Conan, Jimmy Fallon. Those were the two. I don't know why I'm saying all. Those two guys were particularly amazing, lovely, genuinely nice guys. I mean, Matt Lauer came on the show once, and he wasn't great. Yeah. So, so I mean, I've I can't heard. say we're surprised. Yeah. Uh, but back in the day, it was a shocker, you know? It was, yeah. Now, we, it's like, you know, had you met Bill Cosby before everything, you'd probably be like, that's America's dad, you know? How could he not be nice? Maybe that was a bit much. We interviewed <laughs> Matthew Reese, who I'd, I didn't know a ton about. Before. So who, who is this person again? He was in the— um, He was on Brothers and Sisters, that ABC show, I don't, which was huge at the time. It was like the This Is Us at the time. But then he was the, the journalist in the— Won't You Be My Neighbor movie with uh, Tom Hanks. Okay. And he was— And the Americans. And the American. He was, he's, uh, was in the Americans. And he's with Kerry Russell. In real life, In real married. life, they're married. 
And he was just like, one, he had a very early iPhone, which I was impressed with because <laughs> Ashley and I both had way nicer iPhones than him. <laughs> and then he left it in the interview and we went out to get it to him. And he was like, oh, that would have been awkward if I'd left my phone. Thanks for being so lovely. And he was just like so nice. And then So he took, sweet. And then he took the effort to his publicist or whoever wrote our company and said it was the one of the better interviews he had in the junket Aww, was with isn't us. That nice. I love that feedback. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then I used to work for Al Pacino briefly in another life. For sorry, uh, what? I used to work for Al Pacino. What? I was That's a celebrity. So random. I was a celebrity nanny and I sometimes when I lived in Los Angeles did like bizarre celebrity things like take care of their house for them and stuff. Al Pacino was lovely. He sent me, when I finally left the job to go back to New York, he was in LA at the time, I went to go back to do a play and Al Pacino sent me flowers on opening night. To say That's so you. nice. Like what? I didn't know that. Yeah. That is really so, lovely. I love this Because I, I was on the fence about taking this play and he was like, it's not about where the play is. It's not about the theater. <laughs> He's like, it's about uh, the role. And this role is like, you just got to take the role. It's like one of the best roles there is for a woman like uh, your, your age. And he said, you got to do the role. It's not about where, just you got to do it. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. I saw that you guys both have a dog. Do you just have one dog each? Yes. Well, I mean, technically, like I, my parents' dog, who's here right now, is like my family. She's like 17 years old, older than dirt, but she lives with my parents, but yes. And then we just made the kind of difficult decision recently that my very elderly dog, who does not enjoy my child or this house that we moved into, is staying most of the time at my mom's house. Oh, okay. He, he comes back and forth, but he, my mom's dog passed, and my mom really, he had been staying at my mom's house. He's very old. My dog is very, very old and on lots of medications and just does not like that toddler lifestyle. Because I've seen you talk about how your dogs were your first babies. Like, you're very much like dog moms. So was I. So we have two now, but... Yeah, so when Milo was born, we had two, but I had my own dog for years. And then when my husband and I moved in together, shortly after that, we got a second dog. But the first one, like that was my baby, like my little baby Muffin. That's his name, Muffin. Yeah. And so, but now after having Milo, it's almost like I have no patience for the dogs anymore. Like, and I'm curious if you guys, having also been dog moms first, experienced a shift in kind of how, not necessarily how you feel about the dogs, but like how you interact with them and the patience that you have to give them. I definitely think at first, like when Sebastian was a newborn, I mean, we went from, my husband and I went from throwing my dog birthday parties every year. She had like a first birthday party. She had a bark mitzvah, like... <laughs> All of that to once I got pregnant, it was like, uh, maybe I should focus on this real child. And interestingly enough with that one, I've been like, can we not go crazy with the birthday parties? Like, let's, let, he's not going to remember all of them. So in that way, yes. And also I think like in terms of priorities, my everyday job is basically like tending to my son where my husband handles the dog. So, but otherwise I, I feel like it's basically, basically the same. I, frankly, most of the time prefer my dog over my child, that people yeah. are going <laughs> to yeah. not like that. But um, I get really frustrated that my daughter won't let me have any time with my dog. The only frustrating thing, I guess, in the beginning was he, we lived in an apartment, so he would bark, and I was afraid he would wake up the baby. But really, no, the frustrating thing is just that I just wish that he was younger when Luna came into the picture, he was already so old and kind of failing when Luna came into the picture. And one would think that that would mean it would be easier, but he like can't see and he can't smell and his back legs are sore. And then I have this toddler that is wily, jumps on him. Even when she's hugging him, she's like doing it hard, you know, and like we've done everything. Like we did a behavioral therapist. We, we the dog's on Prozac and he 
doesn't bite her or anything, but he doesn't thrive. He doesn't want to eat. He shakes all the time. And I'm very close to my mom. She lives two hours away. And Ashley and I are like big stands of our mom. We're like super close with our moms. So we go back and forth. We go back and forth to my mom's pretty regularly. And I just noticed that Beckett was not at... He, Beckett is my child. Like I birthed him from my vagina. I did. <laughs> I believe I you. Did. You can't. We look alike. He is mine. He, you uh, do look alike. <laughs> we, he, that, you can't tell me nothing. I birthed him from my vagina. He would follow me around. Like, literally, if I leave the door, he's, like, there with me. He would. He's, does not want to be anywhere that I'm not, truly. Like, on at my feet when I go to the bathroom. And I would be at my mom's, and we would be leaving, and he wouldn't come with me. And I'm like, oh. He wants, I mean, my mom's house is nice. We had a dog psychic on, a pet psychic, and they're like, yeah, your mom's house is very crowded with crap. My mom's like a low-key hoarder, like a nice low-key hoarder. (laughs) There's carpet everywhere. We're hardwood floors here, you know? And it's two retired people who all they do is just like lay around and watch. Yes. So, of course, he wants to stay there. It's really hard on me because selfishly, I want him here. But I don't want him to be shaking all the time and scared for his last years of his life. So anyway. And also for the record. That was a talk for me more than it was for you guys. Sorry. Thanks for letting me go on. That that was like therapy. Like, (laughs) Thanks, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) For the record, as, as the person with the oldest child in this grouping of three, Sebastian is now four and a half. And I would say just in the past two, three months is he like trying to be kind to the dog, trying to have a relationship with her, petting her, giving her kisses. Before it was like he would try and kick her, which is horrible, (laughs) but you know, it's what kids do. So now they're finally having this relationship and it certainly helps. Yeah. It's for tough. the record. It's tough. Yeah. Our younger dog, I think it's kind of a blessing that we have the second one because our older one, it's the same kind of thing. Like he's losing his eyesight. He's diabetic. Like he doesn't really want to be bothered. And so Milo focuses all his attention on the little younger one. But yeah, it'll be nice when he starts to try and have a relationship as opposed to just like. Yes. Like It I'm changes like, things. Like Milo, you can't just hold him. Like he'll just like sit on the ground and like hold him tight. And I'm like, you can't, like, you can't just hold him like that. You That's have to a hostage him. situation <laughs> is what you're doing. Yeah. Or like, I'll go to feed the dogs and then Milo goes and picks up our little one's dish and he's just like, he's like holding it. I'm like, Milo, like he has to eat his food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It's so cute. Okay. I have some fun questions I want to ask you guys. Yay. Um, okay. So I will ask them and then you can each give your answer. So first one, I like asking people this question. Who was your childhood or your teenage crush? God, who wasn't? (laughs) Um, I had so many. Carrie, would you like to start? I'm so embarrassed about this. Are you going to say Rick Springfield? No, it was was super Republican Christian Kurt Cameron, but we didn't know at the time. Oh, yeah, no. He was was, uh, in the closet about this We didn't know because I was born in 19... uh, growing pains. Okay, right. I was. I'm a. I'm a. I'm. Ni- I'm a 1978 baby. So I. I'm a little bit of a different generation. So the kids shows that I was watching were like Silver Spoons, Growing Pains, growing that pains kind of thing. Yeah. So I had a. I didn't. He had not told us yet that he was a super Republican Christian. But so that was who my crush was as a young person. Okay. I and love- oh, and one of the guys from Millie Vanilli, Rob Pilatus. <laughs> Who, the, who is killed, that the one that passed? It's the one that killed himself, yes. Oh, okay. I have I, never heard that him. answer before. I ask this all the time, and I have never heard that. Oh, or I was in. Ooh, okay. I was into Rob Pilates. You're not having those perimenopausal women on your show. Ops. <laughs> uh, mine was Jonathan Taylor Thomas, which oh I'm God. sure you've had. Yes. And I, I, someone tried to set me up with him Stop. in my 20s when I was in L.A., but I was with my husband, he wasn't, we weren't married at the time. And I was like, I don't know how to say no to this. Like, I feel like this is a missed opportunity, but I did say no. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. The one that I, got away. Yeah. yeah. You know, I loved Ryder Strong. And oh, then I as, liked Ryder Strong too, but he, he could was, be my child. He so. was so hot. He was. he was. such a like bad boy of, of and that the name, Disney name, Ryder Strong. You better I ride know. me strong. I Sorry. used to buy like Tiger Beat just for the posters. Tiger Beat. Uh, oh. Devin Sawa. Yeah. When he when Casper turns into a human, um, and then as I got older, it was 
Justin Timberlake, Joey Fatone from InSync, <laughs> and Kevin Richardson from Backstreet Boys. Yeah, those the are common. One. Those are those are common answers. Mine was definitely JTT posters, like floor yeah. to ceiling, like the lips on the poster were uh, like almost gone because I would yeah. kiss them so much. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. And then. I would watch Home Improvement all the time. Yes. And then I would watch The Lion King up until Simba turned into an adult because then it wasn't <laughs> Matthew Jonathan's. Matthew Broderick, right? <laughs> then it wasn't his voice anymore. So I would just like rewind like in the Did VCR. You watch, what, was it Wild Americans? That movie he was in, it was like him and his three brothers and it took place in, it wasn't actually his brothers, two other actors playing his brothers. And they, it took place in like the 50s or the 60s. Oh, it was so good. And I would like try and sit there and stare at his milk ad and try oh, and train yeah. myself to have dreams about him. Yeah. Because I just loved him so much. I, I, I can relate. Okay. A so Ouija board I, said I was going to marry him. I'm so old that mine was... Kirk Cameron, and then later it was John Stewart during like. I when, mean, that's a great one. I John know, Stewart. but like I'm old, obviously. Anyway. So, who's <laughs> your adult crushes? Like nowadays, who are you like? Paul I Rudd. Love this person, Paul yeah, Rudd. Yeah, she loves Paul that's Rudd. Paul um, Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, and he's my like. I would want to marry you, and then my dirty like. I just want to fuck <laughs> you. Is Justin Thoreau? Okay. I think that. May he rest in peace. Paul Walker is just like the most beautiful man. Him and young Paul Newman, I think, are in terms of You beauty. like ghosts. I do. <laughs> do I? <laughs> Who else do I? I don't know. There's a lot. Like, there are a lot of people. It depends. I love Penn Badgley and you. Okay. Ashley, and, Ashley, and Ashley's biggest crush, weirdly, is, go ahead, Ashley. Oh, yeah. Love of my life. Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler oh, is the love of my I life. I love that one. Also, what a, what an honest answer. Oh, that was a really <laughs> honest answer. That's, that's, not, I mean, that's not a typical. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> he is. But we've moved on. We're like more platonic now because as he's getting older, you know, I'm respecting his space and I'm realizing he's, that just, I don't really want to see his penis, which would be a part of being with somebody, you know? Yeah, I got it. Mine is Ryan Reynolds. Oh, such a good one. For sure. Such a good one. He is such a big, and Canadian, just like you, right? <sighs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, yes, you know me so yeah, well. Yeah. I walked past him on the street once. Oh my God, I And I, I was just like, holy moly, how does he get better? How did he get better? He is better in real life. And it was, oh, he's beautiful. This is so funny. A PR person reached out for me. He does this charity thing every Christmas for a hospital that's nearby. And so this PR, I get this PR email and it's like, on behalf of Ryan Reynolds. And I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, I will do it. Just like, and so they sent me this Christmas sweater to like promote this charity that he's running. And I like will cherish that sweater forever. <laughs> and they sent a little postcard of a picture with him in the same sweater in the package. And I had it on my, oh my God, it's right here. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it is. <laughs> oh, that's and so, so good. I put it up in my office, and the other day Milo takes it down, and he's like, "What's this, mummy?" I'm like, "That's mummy's special thing, okay? You don't <laughs> take that." And he's like carrying it around the house, and my husband's like, "He has your Ryan Reynolds picture." I'm like, "Milo, this is not a toy." <laughs> I, that is was yeah. the promo picture you like in panties being. Like, it was a TikTok. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. He is he is everything. He's good looking. He's funny. I know. Him and his wife, like I actually want them to just be together forever yeah. because they're just so Well, he's taking a break together. from his career to work on the relationship, so or to I heard to father. I heard because she's doing she's going to be pursuing more movie roles now. I also and heard when it's I say to help I heard their... we mean TikTok. Right. It's not like we have an inside source. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. TikTok slash Dumois. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. 
We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night, and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment, and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. Okay, a couple more questions. If you could be a guest on any podcast... What podcast would it be? Watch What Crappens. I love Bravo. Same. All things Bravo are just like, and I think that they're so fun. And I would love, there's, you know, the thing that unites those of us who love Bravo is the hot takes. We all just want to talk shit. We all want to praise. We want to gossip. So just to be able to be in a safe space and sit there and talk about these people as if I actually knew them. Would That's be, all we want. Um, yeah. I just want to be accepted. Favorite Bravo show? Oh, Real Housewives of New York. I, I mean, let's pretend the last season didn't happen, but it is it is one of like two or three shows in rotation that I watched to fall asleep. It is the greatest reality show, I in don't my opinion. mean to brag, but Uh-oh. after I had Milo, I started watching certain Real Housewives franchises from season one, episode one, because I had never seen them. Yeah. And New York was one. And I watched it beginning to end like a champ. And then I just finished New Jersey. New Jersey is a great one for beginning to end. I am finally doing the one that I have not done, which is because I felt like it was going to be so much to unpack and I didn't know if I had the mental space. But I have started Atlanta from the beginning. That's my next one. Oh, that is... I got to tell you, nothing prepared me for how good it is. It takes a little bit to ramp up, but I'm on like season, I think I'm on season three or four now, and it is, oh, it's good. It gives you everything you need from a reality, a Bravo show. Atlanta is where it is at. And I'm still in the Nene, Kim Zolciak, Candy years. (laughs) (laughs) Carrie, podcast. It would be a tie between my favorite murder because I'm super into murder say that. shit. Or the Busy Phillips show. I think mine would be Armchair Expert because... That's a good one. I love hearing... Like, I love Dax. I think him and Monica ask, like, the best questions. I just... I love the conversations that they have. What if What if both of us were like, Joe Rogan! <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, you know that spinoff he did where that was like Jess and uh, Monica love boys or like boys. So Jess was my, one of my other best friend's ex-boyfriend and is his ex-boyfriend. <gasps> oh, that's what, when you talk to her. Okay. Got it. So I was like very into Cause I love Jess is like the craziest, like in your face, six foot five, fiery redhead, flamboyant got gay guy so he is just like so in your face and it I thought it was like so good it was really really good and fun to listen to I love that I I gotta listen to that one yeah okay if you guys could have any dream celebrity podcast guest who would it be Drew Barrymore Hmm. 
Or Paul Rudd. Drew Barrymore or Paul Rudd. But I think Drew Barrymore way. Paul Rudd for different reasons, but. Yes, Drew Barrymore because she is my, like. Everything. I just, I admire her so much. And so I would want her on the show. God. I mean. Ashley. I would love to talk to Bethany Frankel. Mm. I just think she's my favorite housewife. And I find, I see all her flaws. But I think she is fascinating, and I would just love to actually have a conversation with her about, like, a no-hold-bar, like, no publicist telling me I can't ask certain questions. I wonder questions. if you would still like her after that. I did meet her on one of the shows I used to work on, and I went into it not before I watched the show and went into it not liking her, and I left talking to her really liking her. Okay. I thought she was my kind of, like— you know, blunt, in-your-face kind of thing. I guess I would really love to talk to, like, Adam Sandler, too. I would just really like to be like, so what's it like to just, like, create this work environment where you work with your best friends and you travel to all these beautiful destinations to make movies? You literally just shoot the movie where you want to be. Yeah, and you give all your family and friends roles, like— how does that happen? Like, how do I make that happen in my life? This is amazing. What's your number one guest? Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. Um, <laughs> let, me would, turn it, let me turn it back on you. <laughs> I would love to have Stassi Schroeder. Oh, that'd be good. I was a huge Vanderpump fan. and The past two seasons, though, man. Ugh. Like, what? I know. Like, it's just, I know. it's atrocious. And I wish all the OG people from Vanderpump would start, like, a spinoff of yes. them in their lives now. Like, that's all I yes. care about. Like, Well, Jax is apparently getting a show. Really? On Peacock with Britney. I think it's a home improvement show. No, no, no. I know, I know, I, I just I know. want it to be what it was. Like, I know. And Stassi, I heard, is going to E. She okay. has this new book coming out yeah. that— People apparently aren't happy about, but I'm interested. I think she's getting an e-show is what I read somewhere, but I don't know if it's confirmed. It's just, it better be a reality show, like a, a typical reality show. I think it's either a typical reality show or it's going to be like a fashion, you know, I don't know if they're trying to groom her to be a Joan Rivers, but I'm not here for that. As much as I love her, she is no Joan Rivers. Like they are reality stars and that's... Yes. That's what they are. That's what they're good at. That's what people want. Yeah. So give the people what they want. I tried to get her for Momtourage, and I didn't get a response. No. So, yeah. you know, it's worth emailing her people. Your show oh, is Oh, I big. have. Oh, I have. Oh, you have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, her, Brittany, Lala, I've, we've reached out to them all. But randomly. Randall said he'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Can crap. you imagine? I'm sorry. This is such a deep cut. Carrie doesn't watch Theater right. Pump Rules. I'm sorry. It's all right. I, I can't even. I would. So now, because of how open Lala is, like I would love to have Lala as well, because it would just be such an amazing conversation. But randomly, a friend that I have in Toronto who was on the podcast, she's a, a clinical psychologist. She is best friends with Brittany and Jax's PR person. Oh. They grew up together. Oh. I was like, she told me that in in uh, on in Instagram. In, no, <laughs> on Instagram. Yeah, that's what we talk about on Instagram. And I was like, are you shitting me right now? Like, how small is the world? You need to make and that also, happen. How come yeah. this, and how come this has never come up before? Please. Yeah. Well, I just met her like a year ago. Not even. Make it happen. You got this. I mean, find out when, say, I, I heard the show is coming out. What do I need to do to be on the list of people to promote this new show? Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. Okay. Yeah. It's going to happen. Anywho, okay. Lastly, can you tell us where people can find the podcast and also where can they find you on social media? So you can find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Our website is momtouragepodcast.com. Our Instagram, and not nearly as good of TikTok as yours, is at momtouragepodcast. Don't um, hold it against us. We're trying. Yeah, we're trying. It's so hard. I don't know how. We don't know. We don't know what's funny anymore for or young cool. people. <laughs> um, I haven't left my house in three months. <laughs> um, and my personal is at Ash Heron Smith. And my personal is at Carrie Sotero. That's it. I don't know why I said my name weird. At Carrie Sotero. There you go. <laughs> I was like, at Carrie Sotero. <laughs> By the way, I just changed my podcast pick to the Dumois podcast. Sorry. 
the other one. The one the she Dumois wanted to be on, podcast. Dumois. Yeah. Do you not know of Dumois? I know Dumois, but I didn't know oh, they had a podcast. She has just, a podcast called like Do You. And she had, the first guest was Enti Lawyer, who, are you familiar with Enti Lawyer? Mm-mm. Oh, he is the OG Dumois. He is a real entertainment lawyer who keeps his, his, uh. Ear to the is, floor of what is good. No, I was going to say he like stays anonymous, but yes, also keeps his ear to the floor and has been like exposing blinds way before Dumois came to be. He's her first guest and they talk all kinds of gossip that she doesn't post. It's very, it's a great, I think there's oh. only like three episodes so far, but I listen to it, you know, when I'm, I'm doing something I don't sure. want to do. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for that. Well, thanks for this conversation, guys. This was great. And it was lovely to meet you virtually. Oh, so thank nice you, to meet too. you. And we're excited to have you on our show. Yes, yeah. we are going to hop over to their podcast now. So if you enjoyed this conversation, then go check us out on Mom to Are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh? You came to the wrong place. That's not us. That's not us. Well, it is. We are a husband and wife who chat about raw, real relationship yeah, topics. like sex. Like money. Like marriage and kids. But we're not afraid to talk about how your newborn baby probably isn't as cute as you think it is. If you're in need of entertainment while you're driving to work, because that sucks, we can join you in the suckage, kind of like being in your ear. Not physically. So if you want to laugh, come check us come out. Come check us out. Brought to you by the Laughing Couple Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>